Parshas Vayigash signifies the end of one chapter and the beginning of another. After the Shvatim are reunited with their long-lost brother Yosef, they clear the air. It becomes very clear that the future of the Jewish people is in Mitzrayim. Due to the severity of the famine and the unique position that Yosef was in as one of the leaders of Mitzrayim, it was time to bring the entire family down to resettle in the land of Mitzrayim. This would obviously be a drastic change for Yaakov Avinu and the rest of his family, and many arrangements were necessary to ensure a smooth transition. One of those arrangements is made directly by Yehuda. The Torah tells us in Parak Manvav Pasach Chavches, Ves Yehuda Shalach Lefanav El Yosef, that Yaakov sends Yehuda ahead of everybody else to Yosef, Lehoros Lefanav Goshna. Lehoros Lefanav means to point the way to Goshen. Vayavo Arta Goshen, and they came to the land of Goshen. So Rashi wonders about the word lahoros, what exactly does that mean? And he explains, you could explain it very simply, he sent him ahead. But Umedrash Agada, he quotes a Medrash that says, lahoros lefanov lesakin lo base Talmud, to establish a base Talmud, a place of study, shemisham teitzei hora, that from there, teachings, or hora, halacha, should emanate, should go forth. So Rashi teaches that Yehuda had a very specific job to do before everybody else arrived, which was to set up a base medrash, a school from which Torah would emanate from and be a central to educating the children of Yaakov Avinu. There's a very important musr that many of the classic commentaries use to discuss educational philosophy and the many values that go into it, many of which still ring very true today. However, I want to analyze this episode and try to understand this a little further. So we'll ask two basic questions. Number one, why was this something that had to be done before everybody arrived? Couldn't Yaakov had just have Yehuda set up the yeshiva when they got there? What exactly was the need to establish this base Talmud before any Jews actually arrived in Goshen? And number two, why specifically Yehuda? Why was Yehuda chosen for this mission? After all, wouldn't it have made more sense to send someone not as integral to the family's protection as Yehuda was the most powerful. Or perhaps it would have made more sense to send Yisachar, who we know was known for his Torah knowledge. Why Davka Yehuda? Rav Hanoch Erentrau, who was a Dayan and an Av Beisdin in Great Britain for many years, he develops the answer to these questions based on the Gemara in Megillah. The Gemara in Megillah on Dav Gimel Ahmed Aleph is talking about which cities are considered halakhically walled cities, um, and there's a lot of halakhic implications for when they would be celebrating Purim and when they would be laning the Megillah. And there's a statement in the Gemara by Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. Amar Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, Krach sheyashav ulebesof hukaf nidon kikfar. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi says that a, a city that was initially settled and then they built a wall around it, then it became a walled city, is still halakhically considered a kfar, a village, rather than a walled city. So what it's saying is a walled city is technically labeled as such only if the wall was built first before the city was populated. If the community was settled first and only then did they build a wall, that's not halakhically considered a wall. And the obvious question that everybody asks on this Gemara is why? Why would the sequence of when the wall was constructed make any difference to its halakhic status of a walled city or not? Why isn't it just plain and simple? If a city has a wall, it's considered a walled city for that year and they lay in the Megillah like a walled city. If it doesn't have a wall, then it's not. Who cares when they actually built the wall and when they settled the land? So Rav Aaron Trau explains that when the walls are built first, 
then all prospective citizens and anybody that settles there is aware of the wall and its influence when they move in. They depend on those walls for protection. And they may not have moved there in the first place if it didn't have the walls. However, if there were people living there before they built the wall, then the wall is not the reason why they're there. It's simply an added benefit. Therefore, a city whose walls are not an integral part of the mindset of its citizens is not halakhically considered a walled city. The wall had to have been there before they got there. And just as this is the case for a walled city, so too with Torah. Yaakov sends Yehuda ahead of the group to establish a makom Torah in Goshen, even before anybody arrives, so that the entire family knows that their new town is a Torah city. Just as the wall must be up before the city is settled for it to be a walled city, so too Torah must be established for it to be considered a makom Torah, a Torah city. Yaakov, the Ishtam, Ishtam Yoshev Olim, was sending a message to all future generations that Torah is our quote-unquote wall. It's the source of our protection. And without it, we would have no community. Had they settled Goshen and only then established the base Medrash, it would not have felt as integral to the town. Maybe they would come to view it as just another amenity that Goshen had to offer, as opposed to something that completely defined their existence. And this can also explain why it had to be Yehuda. If someone else was sent, it could be perceived as that's their specialty. That's Yisachar learns Torah, or maybe just for a select few of Masmidim. But Yehuda represented the Malchus. The king is meant to embody everything the people represent. He's a manifestation of their beliefs. Therefore, when the Melech is the one to establish the base Medrash, it sends a message to everybody that this is a core value. It is part of who we are. It is accessible to everyone, and it defines so much about us. So now that we understand the purpose of why Yehuda was sent early, and also why it had to have been Yehuda, the Melech, and not any of the other Shvatim, we're left with one final question. What does Lahoros mean? Yaakov uses this Lashon, this language of Lahoros. He sends Yehuda in front of everybody else, Lahoros. What exactly is that? This seems to be a new concept in an already established vernacular used in previous parshas for learning Torah. We've seen the concept of a yeshiva already from Shem Ve'ever. We know that Rivka went there to be lidrosh es Hashem, to seek out Hashem. But what is this new phrase of lahoros when Yaakov asked Yehuda to establish a base hora? What exactly does this mean? Rav Shlomo Margulis in Darke Hashlemos suggests that Yaakov was asking Yehuda to establish a new type of yeshiva. This would not simply be a place to learn Torah. Until now, the entire Jewish people was one family unit. It was a small group. Yes, they were powerful and self-sufficient, but one small family unit. So for them, a designated place to learn Torah was enough. It was enough to educate. It was enough to keep them on the right path, to give them a connection to Avraham and Yitzchak, enough to gain closeness with Hashem. However, all of that was about to change. They were being welcomed into Mitzrayim with Yosef as one of the primary leaders of the land. They would soon no longer be this small, close-knit family unit and would be enticed to integrate into Egyptian society and culture. And this is why Yaakov specifically uses the word lahoros to paskin halacha. Their learning would no longer be enough. It would need to also paskin halacha and help them navigate the challenges of their new world. The yeshiva that Yaakov was dreaming of would not just be a place of Torah education. He had the highest of aspirations for it, a base hora a place where Torah would emerge 
from, in order to guide them through Galus. And we see it did exactly that. Even with the Jewish population skyrocketing, they were able to maintain their Jewish identity throughout their time in Mitzrayim. Yaakov knew that establishing this base Horah would be critical for their survival. How true it was then and how true it still is today. Our ability to maintain the Mesorah and remain close with HaKadosh Baruch Hu is directly tied to our education systems and our relationship with Torah. As Yaakov shows us in this Parsha, the way to maintain your core beliefs in Gullus is by having a strong Torah education system. I wanted to conclude with one idea from the Bnei Yisachar, who points out a connection between our Pasuk and Hanukkah. He points out that the word Goshna, which is the Lashon that our Pasuk uses, Lahoros Lafan of Goshna, to Goshen, is made up of four letters, Gimel, Shin, Nun, and He, which obviously are also the same letters that appear on the dreidel. As we emerge from the light of Hanukkah, we must remind ourselves that just as in the times of Hanukkah, the light that we are able to create is the light of Torah, and we are able to shine that on the world. Just as Yaakov Avinu knew that Goshen must be established on the principles of Torah and Horah, of guidance, so too it is our mission to illuminate the world with that same Torah. May we all be Zohar to take the lesson of the establishment of Goshen and carry the lights of Hanukkah with us into our daily lives. Good Shabbos.